February 15th, 2018. It was a day after Valentine's. I got a call from Cole's school. And at this point, he was five years old. And they told me that he had been vomiting and I should come pick him up to his school. So uh, Cole was in this small private school where there was only eight other classmates. It was basically the best environment for him at the time. I jumped in my car and um, Cole comes out looking fine, totally fine. And I check him. I checked him for a fever, nothing. I ask him how he's feeling and I just get a fine. Um, When I get back to our house, he refuses to leave the car. So I spend an hour talking to him, trying to figure out what was going on. Eventually, he's inside playing with his brother. Everything's perfect. At dinner, he tells me he doesn't feel like eating. And I think, okay, well, maybe he's got some sort of bug. Like, I don't know. Fast forward three days later, still no fever, no sign of any tummy issues, no cold, nothing. Uh, He has at this point eaten nothing. He refuses to go to school. We slowly get some food into him and it's very random. Maybe, you know, one slice of bread here and there. This continues until we finally make a sick kid's appointment, which is the hospital near our house. En route to the appointment, he starts to vomit again. Now, before we even get to the hospital, he looks at me while he's holding back more vomit and says, my tooth is wiggly and then proceeds to vomit everywhere. For the next three months, our life consists of trying to get Cole to eat, trying to get him to go to school and getting that goddamn tooth out (laughs) before he's admitted with an IV. Yes, uh, this was the incident that led us to psychiatry. Before I go on and talk about all the issues of anxiety, I just want to start by telling you how funny my kid is because he's hilarious. So in this clip, there is a fart toy that's going off in the background. And um, here is his incredible response. One. Hi, Maritza. Uh, I... Um, <laughs> Oh, was that me? No, that wasn't. It was a toy. Yes, that was me. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'll stop. Isn't he just the cutest thing in the entire world? He is. I'm Josie, and today on my Love and Special Needs podcast, I want to talk to you about anxiety. With most special needs children, this is part of the package. Sometimes it's more severe, like coals, and other times it's completely circumstantial. So let's talk about what we did when we found out that all of this was about a small, tiny, loose tooth. Well, we went to psychiatry, and they gave us some incredible techniques. Technique number one, balloon breathing. Just taking a big breath. And that can work in certain situations. Technique number two, we know that he won't go back to school. So how do we get him there? We know this tooth is going to take a long time before it comes out. You can't even see that it's even wiggly. So they suggested that we sit in the parking lot of his school. And we do that for a couple hours every single day. Well, we did, and we did, and we did. And eventually I had to tap out, and my mom would tap in, and Cole Cole stayed there, and then Joel would do it. And guess what? Cole just sat in the back seat. (laughs) Even though he was bored out of his mind, he still wouldn't go into that school. 
And then another technique, which really did help, was something called sneaky fears. And uh, this wonderful psychiatrist gave us a book. It was about a little lion. And it talked a lot about taming the sneaky fears. This little lion had um, two scary animals that were in his head. And he had to distinguish between what was a real fear and what was a sneaky fear. And that helps. Cole and I talked a lot about what are legitimate fears. You know, being scared of, of a broken arm. That's a legitimate fear because there's pain involved. Or being scared that, you know, somebody will hurt you. Sure. But a tooth isn't a legitimate fear. Um, you know, Cole vomited every day for three months during his first tooth. He lost weight from not eating. He missed school. He cried all night. After hours and hours, really all it took was that tooth to come out. And I'll never forget the day. It was, I was on the 401. Um, I was, I don't know where I was driving to, but I know that Cole was in the back seat with Bo, my other son, And out of nowhere, the tooth came out. And that was like, honestly, I am so shocked that I didn't get into a full blown accident. I am so shocked because it was an absolute nightmare of screaming and of, I had no idea what was happening. Um, The tooth was out and the next day, guess what? Cole was totally back to normal. Wow. And then of course, a couple of days later, something else happened. Um, so that is one example of how anxiety is absolutely crippling for parents of special needs kids. Cole will go on roller coasters that go backwards and forwards and he won't shed a tear. He can go on planes in the middle of a thunderstorm and love the thrill, but a loose tooth will now disrupt his life for many many months. And I know you're going to say, just pull it out, get rid of it. Um, But what I've been told is that would actually traumatize him for years to come. On a scale of one to 10, how much do you like your lunch? Good. I'm telling daddy this. What do you want to do this weekend? Tell daddy. Since he's taking care of you and not me. Have... A play date with child. I wanna. Would you like a pet? Yeah. Bo, this is Cole's question. Uh, Would you like a pet? I have nothing about pets in my head. Uh, Today we have issues with Cole when it comes to going to school during the pandemic. So we have decided to homeschool him. But um, with homeschooling, we've had to also bring five other kids from our neighborhood in so that he isn't completely isolated. Because if he stays isolated, we will never get him back to school. The list of some of the things that Cole is scared of, and we can go fast because there's a lot. And I'm, this is now, next year, there'll be a whole nother loop bag of fun things. Um, the park, he's scared of interaction with other kids, dogs, 
Um, his teeth obviously have been huge. Strangers is one thing. Other kids, his age, he fears the dentist, the doctor, needles, uh, the sound of airplanes from his, when he's sitting in his home, the dark sleeping on his own, any extracurricular activities he's completely against singing in public, uh, COVID cancer. He thinks he's constantly having a heart attack and asks me if I can listen to his heartbeat. Uh, he won't go in the water at our cottage from our dock but he will walk into the water from our neighbor's dock. Don't know why. This is a small list and there's many more things, but that's just part of um, some of his daily fears. So what is the answer? This is the big question of the podcast today. Do you put a seven-year-old on medicine to stop these fears in order to have a better life? Do you use the techniques they provide and hope that they work? Um, currently we have appointments at sick kids and we've been slowly using the techniques, breathing, um, storytelling, meditation to calm him. Eventually, you know, we will explore some ADHD meds that I think will help some of the anxiety, but it's just, it's something I'm not sure about. I want to introduce you to Cole. Uh, this was him last year. He was at the time six years old. His speech has come so far. I'm so impressed at how he's done. Um, but here he is. I just want to introduce you to my little pumpkin. What is that for? Indie sticker. Is that for you? No, for you. Why for me? Because you love this sticker. I do, but I have a lot of them. No, but you can keep more at. Do you got them at your morning show? Oh, do I need them for my morning show? Do you got any ADHD stickers at the morning show? I don't think I have that many, no. No, but you can keep them. I can keep the stickers? Yeah. You want me to take it with me to my morning show? Yeah. And just make sure I have it? Where should I put them then? Do you got a cupboard? A cupboard? Um, yeah, I have a cupboard. At the morning show? I do have a cupboard at the morning show, yeah. So you can keep this. Okay, so I have to take it to work with me? Yeah. Okay. Thank you for this. Did you get these yourself? Yeah. Where, where did you get them from? Um, from the, your MDADA tent. Oh, you saw my tent? Yeah. Who was in it? Um, Daddy's band. Daddy's band? Yeah. Daddy's band was in my MDADA tent? No. Um, in the speaker. Oh, Daddy's man was listening. You were. We could hear Daddy's band oh, in the Sam speaker. Coffee. Sam Coffee. That's awesome. So you can keep it. Oh well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Have a good day. So that's my little pumpkin, Cole. That was last year, and his speech was not good. It took him until this year. So if anyone has a child who has major speech issues, um. They're just delayed. He's seven now, and I think his lisp is gone. He can enunciate. He's just slower. So when he speaks, it just takes him a lot longer to get things out. And he gets frustrated, and I think there's anxiety around that too because he's nervous to speak in front of people because it's embarrassing for him to to speak when someone just walks, you know, isn't listening or just walks out of the conversation. And I, I, I have to stop myself from doing it many times. He'll be talking and I find myself distracted and I'll look somewhere else and I'll be like, no, focus, focus. And if it happens to me, it always happens with his brother. 
And I can't imagine what it's like at school. But let's get back to anxiety. What are we going to do? Medicine. I know nothing about medicine. Nothing. I have never put my child on medicine only because it, um, I don't think we're there yet, but I think we're close. So I love advice from any of the parents who are listening right now who have their child on ADHD meds. That's kind of what we're leaning towards at this point because he has uh, he has some trouble focusing and I was told that they could take away some of his anxiety as well. Let's talk about some techniques. So technique number one, balloon breathing. There's a really cool video. Actually, NPR has it, and it's uh, Cookie Monster. I'm going to let you listen to it. Cole watches this. He loves it. What could we do to distract ourselves? We have no idea. Just give give me strategy. Uh, Okay, okay. What What can we do? I know, I know. Let's take a nice, deep belly breath. Belly breath. But not by the cookies. Yeah, thank you. Because they smell really good. We're going to back away from the cookies. Here we go. Ready? Yeah. Hey. It's pretty good, yeah, huh? Let me try it again. Oh, boy. Me tummy's got other ideas. It's grumbling. Okay. Oh, okay, wait, wait. I have another idea. I have another idea. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, have you read anything interesting lately? Actually, me have, yeah. Oh. Okay, at the very end, you heard in the video, the uh, distraction method. And that's when um, you distract them by telling them something, change the subject completely. Now that doesn't happen when the attack is uh, is obviously happening. It's before when their anxiety is starting to build up, you can kind of change the subject or get them out of the situation so that they don't have a full on attack. Um, I've also learned that sometimes they don't have to be in these uncomfortable situations. You know, like I was taught as a kid, face your fears, go for it, face your fears, because once you face them, you'll feel good about yourself. And I I do believe that's still true. But there are times you can't really fix anxiety. This is from a parent point of view, not a doctor point of view. So I have, well, the doctor has told me that, you know, you don't have to put him in all these situations. Instead of forcing him to get his hair cut, my doctor tells us to either let his hair grow or cut it while he's sleeping. Or instead of worrying about swimming lessons in a public pool, do a one-on-one class with a cousin who is a teacher. You know, don't go to a park where there are dogs. Um, There are so many different things that we can do to stop him from having these attacks. And we have to be mindful of that. And I also recognize that something like your teeth or your hair is sensory driven. I get that. His teeth, for me, a loose tooth seems silly. But to a child with a sensory issue, that could feel like someone stabbing him in the tummy. Or cutting his hair and brushing his hair feels great for me if I brush my hair. But for him, it's he feels like you know his whole head is falling off. Um, also, I think one more thing I want to add is be on the lookout for physical signs of anxiety. My son Cole, he doesn't tell me when something is wrong. You know, there'll be a dog in the park. He won't tell me. He just, all of a sudden I feel him, you know, getting a little closer to me and holding my hand a little tight, but he doesn't tell me, Hey mom, there's a dog in the park and I don't like that dog. Instead it's, you have to look at him. So he either vomits or if it's a situation where he's eating, he has trouble eating. Um, he can break out in a rash. His hands become a little clammy. Um, he does get physically ill. So it kind of shows his anxiety shows on his body. 
when he is in what I call an attack, when he's having his moment where he's freaking out and they are very visual. So if he has a lot of anxiety and it builds up and it builds up and it builds up, usually you can stop it before it gets to this point, but sometimes you can't and he will scream. He will kick. He will throw his hands in the air. He does not look like the normal gentle giant that he is. Um, and it's usually in public because it's everything is, you know, it's a dog has come up to him or he's finally in that pool where there are a million other kids and something he sees irritates him. Or um, we were in a library and there was a picture he didn't like and he couldn't explain to me that he didn't like the picture. And he just finally he just I was trying to figure out what it was, but I couldn't. And it's usually in public when things like that happen. And it's. Oh, it's hard, right? It's really, really, really hard. Um, he's heavy too. Like he's, it's an overgrowth syndrome. So he's 93 pounds. So if he flops himself on the ground and starts screaming, like I can't do anything. I have to almost just let it play its course, which is really awkward when other people are watching you and they feel like, you know, I feel like I should be doing something and they're looking at you as a parent thinking like, why isn't she disciplining her child or taking her child out of the situation? And sometimes when he actually has those attacks, like you can't do anything but let him go through it. Last year with Cole, it was all about his immunity. You'd think this year with COVID, it would always be about his immunity as well, but it's been quite the opposite because there haven't been colds or flus around because we're all isolating. We haven't had to worry about you know, going to the ER at four in the morning because Cole can't breathe because COVID has really helped um, keep him healthy. So instead, what shines through is his anxiety. And that's what's going to always happen. It's going to be something different each time. But you know, I have two children. I have a little uh, a five-year-old who is so independent and, um, and I love them exactly the same, obviously, but I love them in completely different ways. Like Cole, he, he needs us so much. You know what I mean? Like there's a need, he needs us and he's not a hugger. He's not like, like I cry when I think about this. He's not, um, he's not a kid who, who like wants to hold my hand like my other son does or wants to hug me. But you know, when he does hug you it's like oh my god he needs you and sometimes a small little hug and some peppa pig can cure all of it <laughs> and that's it and i love that you jimmy uh uh are you uh um uh um wait let's try again so here is what i think happens when you have a child with a syndrome that is symptom based it makes you uneasy. You deal with one symptom, as I mentioned, and that being anxiety, and you work hard at it. You know, like you try to overcome one small event, as I talked about the loose tooth. And it takes three months of your life and you think, oh God, I just need to be done with this tooth. I just need to be done with it. And then the day comes that you're done with it and you notice the next day there's another mountain to climb. Um, and it could be, you know, 
being scared to go on the dock at your cottage or at the dock. And then I find that the anxiety will take a back seat for six months and then it'll be something different like immunity is immune issues or something else. Um, Symptom-based syndromes, they're not fun and they're a lot of work. And I thought at this point I should introduce you to how awesome Cole is because I feel feel like this entire podcast I've been bitching about Cole and the things we have to deal with. Um, Cole is funny. He's smart. He speaks very slowly, but he is uh, just the love of mine and my husband's life. He is brilliant, brilliant. And I'm not talking brilliant when it comes to reading or or math, although he's doing wonderful there. I think he's doing great, but he's brilliant in remembering things you say, in being empathetic and caring about everything, animals, bugs, everything. Um, He listens and asks questions. No other kid I've ever met listens to me as I ramble on. He listens and then asks me questions about what I'm saying. He Every single person who meets him ends up having a real soft spot for him. Every single person. You know, his teachers, at the end of the year, his teachers will say, I teach because of kids like Cole, you know, because he wants to learn. He doesn't want to have these fears. He doesn't want to... um, I guess, like slow down our life is what he says to me sometimes. And he is so funny. You know, I, uh, someone said, you know, would you do this all over again? It's a real impossible question. Like really, it's an, of course I wouldn't want Cole to have anything that would um, make his life more difficult than it already is. Obviously life is hard enough without, you know, having more issues, but um, I wouldn't, change any of it isn't that weird to say like I I I, I, yeah he's uh he's special he's a really really fun kid and I hope kids his age eventually can slow down and recognize that and that's where I'm kind of at right now is that adults recognize how special he is um but children it's gonna be hard it's going to take one really good friend of his, someone who who has you, who makes the effort to be his friend to realize how awesome he is because his brother sees it, but other kids, you know, they don't see it yet. Here we go again. Hi, Dad. Um, I, now I just went for a walk and it was so much fun. And I want to do it again with at. I want to do it again in the summer. And how did you go over a walk with who? Bo and and the second try it was me, and the third time try it was me. By yourself? Yeah. By yourself. And where did you walk by yourself? To the to Rick's. To Rick's and around the whole area, right? By yeah. yourself? Okay, bye.